Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. It's got to 2-2 and we've still got more than half an hour to go and here's Ozil, Lacazette, Ozil! Hello, welcome to another Touchy Gooners podcast. I can't lie to you, man. It's your boy Dan Coogs on host duty, but my head's gone. I've lost composure. I forgot how I was going to start this this podcast because Brendan Rogers is at it again. Yeah, bottle job manager has done it again. How can you go into a match winning in the ninety fifth minute and you end up losing by the ninety sixth? Is this is this not insanity? What's happening here? But yeah, fuck, fuck Brendan Rogers, fuck Leicester, um, fuck Spurs, and all of that. Um, but yeah, I'm joined by uh, German Dan and Sean. How you guys doing? We're surviving, man. I'm good, man. I'm good. I'm good. I'm not a swimming a while, man. I'm out here looking like I don't know if you might have watched Orange Is the New Black, man. I'm looking like Prince. <laughs> <Lake. laughs> God oh, damn, the barber needs you, man. That's a shout, man. I might, yeah, I might go get a trim tomorrow as well. Why, why do you think I've got a hat on my head right now? Is an absolute. <laughs> well, om- 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 Omicron, yes, yeah, preventing oh, man from Omicron, and everything, bro. My, my twist. I haven't done my hair since since before I had COVID, bro. So I went to get. Damn, my hair's been done in like eight weeks, bro. So it looks awful. awful. Three men rocking Omicron trims, yeah. That's sorry with you, man. When 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 you don't have when you have twists, yeah, they need to look fresh, bro. When it doesn't look fresh, you look like I I look like I'm maybe I can't believe that. You really gonna do that? Let's I can't show that on the airwaves. Yeah, I can't. I can't. I can't show that on the airwaves. But yeah, this has been sort of a mad week. You know, it's only Wednesday, but I feel like there's been bare Arsenal news. You know, just bare drama this week already. Um, you know, so we we will start with the postponement of the North London derby. Yeah, because um, I don't think by the time we did our last podcast, um, this this has been discussed on 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 this platform. You know, so. Everyone and their mum had an opinion about Arsenal postponing that um, North London derby. I thought the reaction to it was, you know, over the top. In, if if I do say so myself, like at this stage in the season when, you know, there's been, I think there have been 20, 20 postponements or 19 postponements um, put in. And Arsenal decided, I think, well within the, their rights because, you know, by all, all accounts, our game on the 28th, um, against Wolves was called off 
um, for similar circumstances. They, I think they only had two or three COVID cases. Um, I think United earlier in the season only had three COVID cases when one of their games was called off. Um, you know, some, something like, you know, three, four days before their game was even due to be played. So, you know, going by the, the precedent that had been set, um, the fact that Xhaka got suspended against Liverpool, the fact that, you know, several players went down with injuries. So Cedric came off with an injury, Saka came off with an injury, um, Chambers, Tierney uh, also picked up knocks in that match as well. Um, going by this and the fact that we had so many players away um, at AFCON, especially in that midfield period, I thought, boom, you know, it makes sense for us to try and get that postponement, especially when you get the likes of Erdegaard. And I think there was another positive case um, as well to, to further dwindle our numbers. But it seemed that um, a lot of pundits, Gary Neville, Jamie Carragher, they did their, their own monologue um, of the situation. Uh, every single Liverpool Spurs journalist came out de decrying Arsenal, saying, you know, this is a disgrace. How can they, um, you know, do such a thing? They're taking the piss. They're bending the rules, this, that and the other. And it seemed that we really boiled a lot of piss by sending that request. So, you know, Sean, I'll start with you. Like, what do you make of all of this rubbish? You know, because I, I was still seeing tweets about it today. It's just mad. Like, it's actually just crazy to me. Like, you know, first things first, um, the Premier League set a dangerous precedent when, you know, uh, they didn't clarify what the rules were. I mean, there are the rules around the postponement, but when they made it not specifically COVID-related, you know, teams are going to try and work loopholes around it. I've seen Burnley have got like five, six games in hand. Do you know what I mean? So I don't even know how they're going to manage to fit all of that in. So, um, so yeah, that what boils my blood is that, you know, like you said, there's been 20 postponements before, so I don't understand why now everyone you know, has a bee in the bonnet about Arsenal doing it. When at the start of the season, when we were missing guys, uh, we played the games, do you know what I mean? And then people are like, oh, Arsenal being too naive, blah, 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 playing kids and whatever. So it's like, we can't win either way. And I was quite happy, you know, the way Arteta came out today and called out a lot of the hypocrisy, do you know what I mean? So, um, and I think that is what it is at the end of the day. Like, you know, Sky, Gary Neville, Jamie had their, their bits to say. If it wasn't on Sky, I don't think they would have said anything. And I think obviously... You know, the North London Derby, probably one of the biggest Premier League calendar games in the fixtures. Sky know they'll get their engagement. They know they'll get high viewing figures. So obviously, naturally, from their point of view, they want the game to go on. But, um, you know, if we're basing it on what other teams have done, you know, Leicester were missing games and their players were turning up at the dots and nobody was saying niche. So you get me, they, they've got to hold that. So, yeah, I, I don't mind, man. I, I just think it's a lot of rubbish. Do you know what I mean? So Arsenal were well within their rights to exploit the rules based on what other teams have done. Um, and yeah, so you know, it's, it's down to the Premier League to to be more stringent in, in terms of how how they um, you know how they evaluate it. So I, there was an article today they're looking to maybe look into look into the rules as it is. So it is what it is. But I think it sets a dangerous precedent anyway because you know now teams if they do come and now reverse and change the rules, other teams are gonna you know look at it later on this season. And yeah, it's it's, it's a bit of a crap shit show at the moment, but is what it is man but i've got no problem with what the club done i agree 100 with what arteta done i agree 100 with what he said in the press conference today um we need consistency and we need fairness so it is what it is man mm. yeah dan anything that you want to add add to that yeah 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 tell the man to hold that hold that <laughs> oh is that it yeah because yeah i mean they're telling us we're crying and now they're crying so hold it in it Hold it dearly. <laughs> yeah, no, fair enough, man. And I just think, yeah, it's about that consistency. It's about that, um, you know, just, I guess that fairness, really, you know. Um, I think the thing that people forget as well is that all 20 Premier League clubs um, have met, discussed and agreed these rules. So, you know, when you see Spurs writing them statements, putting up public, um, putting up public statements, yeah, saying... Um, you know, oh, we're, we're very disappointed, we're surprised, we're, you know, talking about Europa Conference League and all this stuff. It's just sort of like, well, you know, these are rules that you co-signed. Do you get what I mean? These are rules that you benefited from earlier in the season when you had, you know, three weeks off to get your little mini winter pre-season done under Conte. Do you get what I mean? So, you know, I just think it's, it's a bit of a double standard and 
you know, I, I think I saw today that the Premier League they're meeting to, you know, di- rediscuss the rules um, again. Yeah. Um, so we'll see what comes out of that. But if you know, on the on the on the flip side of that meeting, that we end up in a situation where um, they say no more postponements, I'm not going to be too mad at that personally. But I just want it known that you know. If if now another club has an outbreak um, following that meeting where potentially there are no postponements and they end up losing lots of games like we did, like Leeds did um, uh, this season as well and dropping points, um, I don't want to hear word from anyone because, again, this is, this is what has been agreed. And I think, you know, it should be noted that um, Arsenal, um, we, we tried to get a game postponed earlier in the season. The Premier League made us play. Um, and we lost our first two games, whilst the majority of um, the majority of our players, uh, or, or of our main players, were out either injured or with COVID. You know, um, we we played Balogun, we played Martinelli um, without rest. Uh, like I think two days after he landed back um, from from the Olympics, um, and Jamie Carragher and all of these men, they they laid into Balogun. They said he doesn't look ready this, that and the other. But now they're asking us to play these same under-23s um, in Premier League matches when we've seen what the, the coverage is like when we do that. You know what I mean? They don't give us any yeah. mercy. They don't give us any um, um, credit for doing that. But they'll do it the other way when we then ask to get games called off. You know, it doesn't seem fair. Yeah, I mean, it's the game is the game, I guess, right? Um, and we, we're going to charge it to the game. But essentially, I think this is a Premier League issue. Um Premier League is the rights holder. The Premier League sets the protocols and um, the clubs adhere to them or they try to at least. Um, what we've done is perfectly within um, the rules that the Premier League have set and which is why it was granted. It's very simple. Um, not much of a discussion, actually. Um, what I would what I will say, though, is I think, as I said, I think this is a Premier League, Premier League issue. The Premier League is incredibly passive when it comes to those type of you know, um, rule changes when it comes to setting the protocol. Um, we've seen how, how it went with the five subs rule. We've seen their late um, sort of integration of the VAR system. We've seen their late in, um, correct implementation of a lot of aspects of the VAR system. If I compare to leagues across the continent, uh, Serie A, Bundesliga, they were fast when they started doing this and they implemented it a lot more efficiently, a lot more consistently than the Premier League has. Premier League is still struggling with some of the rules. What three years down the line? Like these other these other leagues have have already been clear with that. So I think generally it's a Premier League uh, issue. They're too passive on um, some of these initiatives. And even if I compare it to like American rights holders, like the NBA, NFL, their protocols are so clear. The Premier League's is not. And I think their protocols are also more sort of you know situational. Um, it's depending on COVID, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Whereas Premier League, they're leaving the door open. And, it's, and it's, a sim, it's the same thing or a similar thing when they're letting foreign owners into the league. Um, and the requirements for a foreign, foreign owner coming into the league the, like, is way easier than doing in the NFL. It's very difficult be, as a foreign owner taking over an NFL team. You know, So I just think in general, they are very passive and those issues and problems will always keep arising because that's, that's just the way they're, they, um, they essentially lead. Um, and yeah, that's... I mean, there's not much more to say on that. I think they will change it. They always seem to carve into um, external pressure, um, especially when it's a lot of pressure, and um, which it is right now. Um, so I think they will they will do some slight adaptation, which I think is fair. I think there should have been there should have been from the get go the, the way of doing it, but they're gonna slightly adapt it, and then people will complain. I think probably in like two months and say, "Why did you change it? You you have now made it." Um, more difficult for other teams when it was easier for other teams in like December. Like Spurs have really benefited from being able to postpone a lot of their games. They're mm. now they're now getting into a cadence of games where nearly all of their players are fit. Um, they've they've had work with their their new coach. Um, you know they don't have Europe, so the midweek thing is not really going to affect them too tough. That's perfect for them. Um, mm. But for other teams, they're going to have some injuries. Maybe like I don't know the teams that are still in Europe, like the likes of. United maybe the um the the Man Cities the Liverpools um they might have some injuries they might have some COVID they're traveling across Europe 
and they they will then um, have some 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 of the games where they, they end up having to play some of their weaker 11s. I think I can see it going that way. Chelsea as well. I mean, Chelsea having a bit of an in- injury crisis anyway, and they've been play they've been made to play a lot of the games. <laughs> mm. I mean, not made to play, but they because they have such a big squad, they have the criteria that's been set. They're fulfilling it, and they they're playing weakened weakened um, um, teams essentially. I mean. Yeah, I don't think it's perfectly fair, but it is what it is. Um, and I guess charge it to the game. Let's see how we get on with it. We don't have Europe. Let's let's see if we can um, keep our players fit, players away from COVID. Partey, don't go to um, whatever motives you're planning on going to. Cancel no blimbo. But I cancel that troops because if we see you out there, no luck Sundays. It's gonna be it's gonna be a problem. Yeah. <laughs> it's gonna be a problem. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we have. Um, a big week uh, ahead of us. So we obviously tomorrow we got um, the Carling Cup semi final, nil uh, nil in the first leg. That obviously led took into these uh, postponements, um, and and then we have a game on against Burnley at home on Sunday. So Thomas Partey, unfortunately for him um, and and his Ghanaian compatriots, um, you know. They weren't able to to make it through to the next round. They got to um, hold that. Sorry of the Afcon. You know, I'm. Meanwhile, you know, my 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 Super Eagles. You know, three out of three, one goal conceded. Um, you know, eight scored. I think in the group stage, uh, can't really complain. Too tough. Um, you know, it's not it's not it's not easy for everyone yet. But fortunately for Arsenal, that means he's probably going to be back for Burnley. Um, I was reading today that. Um, he's going to be on a flight that arrives back uh, today. So expecting him to report back to Colney Thursday, Friday. Um, no, no, no. Hold on, hold on. I already said, listen, party, leave your Dior's in Ghana. I need you to step onto the plane with your Adidas Predators. And when you when you land in London, just make sure you're ready to play straight away, man. I need this boy straight away. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. So I think, I, I do think personally, tomorrow will be um, a bit soon for him, especially after playing um, Tuesday evening. So um, it looks like he'll be available for the game on Sunday. But in into now, this game against Liverpool, because for me, it's a semi-final. Um, we do have a good chance of making that final. And given Chelsea's current form, um, you know, potentially uh, winning the trophy as well, right? So... With this sort of silverware on the line, how how do you play this game tomorrow? You know, how how do you approach it? You, you you've got to go all out, man. Hundred percent. I think it would be a massive disservice, especially after all the hard work they did in the first leg as well. Like they grafted like so hard in the first leg defensively to give themselves a chance. Now you're set up. Now you're at home. Uh, crowd behind you atmosphere at the Emirates has been really good this season so it's a great opportunity to reach a final and I think Arteta is very much one of those guys who's driven by winning trophies anyway so he will put out the best team he can visibly put you know I mean obviously it's going to be interesting to see who plays considering Lokonga is the only available central midfielder at the moment so it'll be interesting to see how he approaches it but I expect him to go full throttle actually funnily enough like I think you know he's gonna they're gonna try and leave it all out there tomorrow <laughs> and they'll probably just try and cobble together the team to see what they can do against Burnley I think this is going to be like the massive priority for them this week um obviously both games are should be important but you know it's not every day you can reach a final um so yeah 100 I don't I don't see why we wouldn't put it all in obviously questions will be around um the selection how Arteta chooses to go about it um you know uh so yeah that, that's that's probably the main thing um bone of contention for tomorrow but hopefully um you know Tommy Asu's back um hopefully ESR's fit hopefully Odegaard's fit um and yeah ho- hopefully we can just you know give the best account of ourselves most important thing is just to try and win tomorrow so yeah fingers crossed man you're me bro you're me you're me Dan yeah, and Dan, Dan, what do you what do you think about this game? Because I know um, previously people were saying, you know, if we don't care about the Carabao, throw the game, this, that, and the other. But um, I, I personally think it's it's a great competition to win, um, especially with a young squad. You know, like I think um, it's the first trophy in England that Jose Mourinho won. 
Um, I think it's the first trophy in England that Pep Guardiola won. Um, and I think when, you know, Alex Ferguson sort of lost his way, didn't win the league title for three seasons, um, and then he sort of revamped with that new-look squad with, you know, Rooney um, and that cohort and Carrick and those lot, that's the first trophy that that squad won together um, as well. And I personally feel that, you know, in certain periods under Wenger, where we had sort of something brewing, something building, 2008, 2011, um, that losing those cup finals um, sort of meant that our league season suffered as a result. Um, and I feel like we lost momentum losing to Chelsea, I think, in 2008, um, and then to Birmingham um, in 2011. And I think in both those seasons, we were sort of in a title race and we ended up um, finishing well short um, in the end. So, you know, I feel like if you get that little boost, knowing that we're not in the FA Cup anymore and we don't have anything else um, left to really compete in for the rest of the year, that this is something that we should 100% be trying to win um, and be taken seriously. And that, you know, if you do lift that silverware together, you know, that can that can give you that added boost in this top four race that we're, we're going for. Yeah, I think, I think as generally, I don't care too tough about the Carling Cup, but you always have to add context. So at the start of the season, that's the least important competition to me. Now we are in January, we're, we are at the FA Cup, we are not in Europe. Um, we're in the top four race. Um, and I think last week we discussed it, right? And people were like, just throw the game. I, I, I don't I don't care. And I usually don't care about the and uh, the Carling Cup. And if we don't win it, I mean it's not gonna um, it's not gonna pay me. I'd like I'd love I'd like to win it, I'd love to win it to be honest, but um, it's not gonna pay me like I don't know, like even an FA Cup a final loss, for example. Um, but ultimately we're in a position now to win. And I've, I also I always feel like Arsenal um as a football club um should be taking every competition serious. I know there's football club is that kind of prioritize one or two um competitions. I think um Spurs on the Poch have done that when they tried to do just Europe and just the league and um ended up with no silverware for years. Like he didn't win anything in in, in um in a spell at the club. And then you see occasions where it worked really well, a club kind of focused on the league and champions league and he's won both. But ultimately, I think we have the resource to have a... And we have a big enough squad, usually. I mean, this year we're a bit thin. But usually we have enough players to compete on all fronts. And we should do. So um, I'm happy for him to play the strongest team in that game. Um, they've left themselves... Um, I mean, they created, created a good platform for them to kind of spring into the final now. Um, away at Anfield, we were down to 10 minutes for like 70 minutes. And we didn't concede a goal. Um, you know, now we are home as, as Sean and you said that the atmosphere is good at the Emirates. We are ready to we are ready to to roll. You know, and uh, I think it warrants a very very good performance from the team. So hopefully they can put it in. We didn't play um, um, over the weekend against Spurs. The legs should be fresher. Um, we having a few people coming back. Um, I feel positive about this game. Um, yeah, and I, I'd like us to win it, of course. Um, and I think I, I echo your thoughts on building something. I think. So, some part of this team have already won a trophy, of course, the FA Cup, the Community Shield, or whatever. So that, that's already um, sort of a good platform. I think that's what some of those winger teams lacked. They, they didn't win anything together, um, even, you know, a, a section of the team, um, whereas this this team has it. But there's there's a lot of new players that have come in. Um, ben White, um, Tavares, Lukonga, um, who am I forgetting? Tomiyasu. It'd be good and it'd be very rewarding if those players share now a winning moment with with the ones that have already had one, and we can build on that. Um, it's a young team, and it would be great um, to 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 win something on the way and kind of push on from there. Um, so yeah, I agree with you guys. Let's go. Yeah. Let's go try win it, man. You know. Yeah. So I, I guess I guess the main question is right now. Um, yeah. Fuck off, Tobes. Yeah, we don't want to read your comments. Um, just focus on the, the, the thing that's pissed me off about this is Tobes actually went to that game. Um, so he was in Leicester today. So he's he's been sending voice notes. He's been he's been running up and down. I know he's getting sloppy and um and and smashed uh tonight. Yeah. So um yeah, we're just gonna have to hold that one, uh, I'm afraid. But but yeah, no, I agree. Um, I agree, and I guess the main the main issue for me in this match is midfield. Um, so we know uh, Granit Xhaka is suspended, and he's going to be suspended on the weekend as well. Um, 
we have Lokonga that's fit. Um, we have Maitland-Niles on loan. El Nenny's at AFCON. Um, Partey's at AFCON. He's coming back, but we doubt he's going to be back in time to start this match. Um, and then we have Patino, right? So, you know, midfield, I've seen training pictures of Erdegaard um, today, so I'm assuming he's going to be fit. Not seen anything of ESR. Arteta said he doesn't really want to give anything away. So let's assume Smithrow is fit because, you know, otherwise I'm I'm really I'm really not sure where we go at all. Right. So how do we how do we set up this 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 side tomorrow, Sean? <laughs> your guess your guess is as good as mine, bro. I, I, I honestly I generally don't have a clue. Um I feel like, you know, he, he's at times obviously we've seen in the last you know, six weeks or so, how we've been transitioning to the four-three-three with the utilization of Xhaka as um as a left centre mid as a type of eight, um and obviously Arteta's tried it a few times with ESR and Odegaard, um but it doesn't work as well. I think the reason it works better, obviously, with Xhaka in there, um is you know he's got greater ball-winning qualities than than both of those at the moment. So those two need to improve of of that. So you know it can. In build up, it can be a four three three, but also you know in the defensive phase, Jacker can drop in alongside Party to make it a double pivot. I don't know if we have that option. Well, I, it's not. I don't know. We don't have that option. Do you know what I mean? We don't have, um, you know, the guy who can act as you can do that dual role, which is obviously why you know we're so hot on Bruno G because you know that's someone who can double up as a six and an eight. So that that's kind of you know the profile we'll be looking for in the transfer market. But as to what he does tomorrow, I don't know. Maybe he goes for more of a stringent double pivot. That's what I would be tempted to do. Obviously, it's not ideal, but I feel like I'd play Chambers there. I know that's not great, you know, because because the other option is do we move White out of defence and put White in midfield? But I'm not particularly keen on that. I don't really like upsetting parts of the team that work well. And you know, we've got over half a season's evidence that. Gabriel and White works well. Um, it works very, very well. So it's not something I'd ideally like to break up. And obviously, I know Chambers is not <laughs> hes not anyone's cup of tea, really. But um, he has experience. He's played in the Prem, played for Fulham. He was he the player of the season in, in, in midfield. Now, I can see Dan laughing. Boy, I'm clutching at straws, I know. But, you know, at this stage, beggars must be choosers because what's the alternative? I don't really want to put Odegaard deeper. We saw... Odegaard when he was deeper earlier in the season I'm not entirely sure that suited him and against you know you're going to come up against you know what Liverpool are like they're that midfield free it's a flat midfield free they cover the wide spaces they're workaholics in midfield they try to cut off the space cut off passing lane so it's going to be really tough so I, I don't feel like it's a game you want to go in with a lightweight midfield and you know we've already spoken about our concerns about Lokonga, so I don't really want to put you know ESR and Odegaard are not ready to do that sort of. They don't have that sort of ball winning quality to do that level of defensive work. So I don't know, man. Currently, off the top of my head, my my shout is Chambers, not because I'm advocating it, but just because for me that's the worst of a bad situation, and I'm not entirely sure what else to do elsewhere. I've got a bit of a wild 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 suggestion, I guess. Um, I think looking at Liverpool, um. In that game, I felt like they they didn't have much much of a threat. Um, I mean, I expect Trent Alexander Arnold to play better, and on Thursday, I expect also Robertson to play better. So I think they will get some productivity from those two. And Firmino can't really play worse than he played in that game, so I'm expecting an uptake from him and Jota. Um, but I don't think they're going to do much out wide. And usually, what up wide in the higher positions, as in like on the wings, I feel like the wingers. Sorry, like they will do some stuff on the wings, but not the wingers. Um, um, seriously, so I feel like okay, um, no Mane, no Salah. Do we need Tomiyasu at right back? Can we not put Chambers there? Um, let him let him be that right back defend. I would, I can't lie to you. If I look at the qualities of a player, being able to play off both feet, strong in duels, fast over ground, recovery, all that kind of stuff. I feel like in terms of skill set, I think Tomiyasu is more suited to play in the midfield than Chambers. So I would try Tomiyasu midfield. I would not break up White and Ben White and Gabriel. I think they have been a solid partnership, as you said. But I would try Tomiyasu midfield. I feel like he's just he's just a bit of a better footballer than Chambers. And I think he's got the physical capability midfield. I think Chambers would be midfield. He play a couple of nice passes, but Liverpool midfield will pam him and he will lose his duel. He's so not got the agility, right? Yeah, I think I can see Tomiyasu. Just faring a bit better there. I don't. I don't know how well, but I just when I look at the skill set, I'm thinking 
That look, it looks better for me. Because um, I guess I guess Tomiyasu kind of does it a little bit with that inverted role that he plays, right? Um, you know, uh, when he's in that second line when we're building play, um, he sits next to Partey. But boy, this where where? Brother, we're scraping the bow, you know. Boy, we're talking about moving our best right back to centre. <laughs> this is this is looking sticky. This is looking very <laughs> sticky, sticky, bro. Because uh, what do you lot think about playing? Um, Okay, Dan, because of what you just said about um, the wingers not really having... Because I think, you know, when it's Liverpool's first team, um, I don't really want us to play uh, free at the back, right? Because I think you just end up with your wide centre-backs just being one-on-one with um, with Sal- Salah Mane, you know, which is, which is really what you don't want to do, yeah? But when the wide threat is, you know, Minamino and... Jota, for instance, um, I think what we saw in that match at Anfield is that that was actually probably a better matchup. Um, you know, Minamino, we know Holden has, you know, very slow feet, but Minamino, he wasn't really able to get much out of him, you know. Um, and so potential for me is playing that same sort of backfire formation mm-hmm. um, with Chambers as the wing back, And then you have... Um, you know, you could have your Saka and Erdegaard come in to, to make that midfield free um, with with the lone striker, uh, similar to what um, Martinelli and Saka were doing. Um. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Martinelli and Saka were doing. So you can maybe sort of play that that three five two and have Martinelli and, and whoever else you play, um, either in Ketia or Lacazette as your two strikers. Um that's something that I think we might see it might might be useful, you know, and then you have um, you know, Gabriel as your left centre back, Tierney left wing back, um and um either T- Tommy Ashley War Chambers on on, as your as your right wing back, and even if Tomiyasu is fit, you can maybe play him instead of holding as um, the right centre back um, right. in that formation as well. And I think that back three would be quite solid. So, um, so I think that's a possibility. Uh, and maybe you try, you know, suck them in and hit them on the counter because, you know, as we saw in the last game, there was a lot of space in behind Liverpool, um, and we Martinelli and Saka did get a lot of joy um, playing on the counter as well. So. You know, um, that's something. I think that's what I would do. Um, it obviously depends on you know who is fit, um, because it's it's a it's a strange one. I think playing playing. I don't really like you know sort of splitting up these partnerships, um, playing play, players out of position necessarily. And I think we are going to have to do something. We're, either way, we're going to have to do something you know out of the box because we have one available centre midfielder. You know that is a Charlie Patino. Yeah, and Charlie Patino, he, he might look, he might be a talent. It's that you now I'm not trying to bash the boy, but you know, this is not a match for Patino. It just, it just isn't. You know, so um, you know, I do, I, I don't, I don't mind your suggestion. I think this is something that I'd probably consider in the back three, um, just because you know, um, it allows us to be, have that numerical advantage in a lot of spaces out on the pitch, um, which is why managers play that right. The only thing is, I feel like. I think if we play with two up top, I think it will stifle or it will like minimize our counter-attacking threat. I think mm-hmm. in terms of spacing, if we play two up top, there will be a bit more centrally. I know you'd like him maybe to go out to the left a little, but there will be a bit more centrally. 
and Matip and Van Dijk, I think, will be closer to them. Um, so if it's if it's like three up top, then whoever the striker is, like Azet in this case or Nketiah, he will be able to. Maybe he won't be able to pin them or anything, but he will be able to occupy them through his mm. run, through bouncing the ball off. And as a centre back, you hate going out wide. I feel like the spacing is better when we have actual wingers like Martinelli and Saka wide and high when we hit them on the counter. And I know we know Trent is not tracking back. That's not, mm. not any of that. So that ball into that channel is cash money for me. Ramsdale, that ball into that channel is cash money. White White was hitting quite a lot of passes into Saka's channel, which was also working because Robertson was pushing up a lot. I feel like the ball in behind the fullbacks is a mm. is a way to you know threatening Liverpool on the break. So I feel like I don't know, may, maybe three at the back, but like three four three rather than three mm. five. Um, mm. just to have better spacing and have a better counter attacking threat. But um, I think I think three at the back is probably something. He, I think he might he might do that. You know. Mm. Yeah, it's a techie one. It's definitely a techie one. Um, you know, so what, what what's your guys' predictions for this game? You know, I, I can't call it personally. What's what's your predictions? Boy, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't hey, Arsenal win, man. man. Fuck it, man. Uh, yeah. I mean, obviously I'm I'm praying like we win, but I don't know, man. I don't even want to share my bad vibes right now, so I'm gonna just keep quiet in it. So I'm but... I'm saying two on Arsenal, man. Two on we, we, we need we need we need that man, but is, is, do you know, do you know like, I feel like if just like obviously as much as Jack annoys me, but if Jack and party were there, I'd be I'd feel a lot more confident. Just generally, like it's just it's the midfield itch is it's making my skin itch, bro. It's just yeah, it's very 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 techy. And I've I'm never I've never like, seen anything like this before, man. Honestly, yeah, yeah, and 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 it's just so annoying because within a like if it, the game had come like three days later, party would have played. Do you know what I mean? And you could have just made party in the Congo, and you just wouldn't have. There wouldn't been any concern, do you know what I mean? So, yeah, man, it's tight, it's tight, it's tight. But, but hopefully, we're like, we're like in the balance, right? If the game is a bit later, Salah and Mani might be back. It's true. You know? It's very, very true. That's true. That's true. And then the so, game is completely different. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, yeah. I guess this, this is, this is the chance, man. Let's, let's, let's see what we come with. Um, yeah, I'm, re I'm really annoyed that because. Obviously, they plan. I mean, I know trans is not easy, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. They knew from mid December, or probably even earlier, that we need something in midfield. Yeah. Well, I mean, they knew from the start of the season, to be honest. And any party going, they probably already knew Andy Metanals is a possibility to leave on loan in Jan. Like that's just, three CMs injuries from mid December. This is this is yeah. The 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 Metanals one is so poor, man. Just look like looking in hindsight now, like cool. If he wants to go on loan, that's fine. But you cannot look, the same way Juve are saying right now. We're not letting Arta go on loan until we have a replacement. That's exactly how we should have been with Ainsley right. Metanals. And, you know, I, I totally even get Ainsley. He, you know, Arteta said he had a chat with Ainsley and, you know, he said he wanted to be understanding with Ainsley. Cool. I totally even understand that. But you should be like, you know what, Ainsley, right now it's a bit tight. You're going to play a lot of games in this period now because we're down. But I will keep you to the end of Jan. You can go to Roma at the end of January. Do you know what I mean? You can still have your loan. But, yeah, so I just think, man, it's, yeah. it's tight, man. I, I just didn't think that needed to happen when it happened. And, uh, yeah, and, and, and I agree. So, like, separate from sort of the postponement things, I do think the way that we've sort of organised this January window um, is, is not, it's not, it's not sitting well with my spirit. Yeah, let me say that like that, yeah, because, you know, like, it, it, at the start of the season, we said midfield is light. We've got AFCON coming up. El Nenny and Partey are going to AFCON. We are going to have Xhaka and Lakonga as our only two fit um, CMs. Yeah. Then, um, you know, we saw that Maitland Niles was going to stay because, you know, we thought he was, everyone thought he was leaving in the summer. He he thought he was leaving in the summer, you know. Um, then, then there was a U turn on, on letting him go to Everton, whatnot. My man's posting on Instagram, being like, I just want, I just want to go where I'm wanted. Yeah. And all of this stuff. Yeah. Like a bad B. <laughs> like, like a bad B, you know, after a breakup. Yeah. I just I just want someone who loves me. Yeah. All of that stuff. Yeah. Um, but so then we see him actually play center mid. Um, and then we're just okay, we're like, right, fine. So now we've got three center mid options. 
Okay, so then North London derby the first time happens. Jacker gets this bad knee injury, MCL, whatever it was. Um, he's out for three months. Um, and pre- before that, pre-season, um, Partey gets his ankle rolled by Ruben Loftus-Cheek in the preseason match. He's out, misses, um, you know, I think like our first five games or something like that as well, right? So you've now seen that your two starters coming into January are not going to play every single game, every single week, yeah? So now when you've made this decision, you've had this conversation with Maitland-Niles, you sat down, you spoke to him, you said, look, right, we don't really see you coming up, going to play, we're going to let you leave on loan. Right. That now says to me that, boom, we need to get a midfielder in January 1st. Yeah. Because Partey is going to play his game against Man City. Then he's going to be gone. And then he's going to be gone. Then we have Jacques Lacanga. And anything. And the thing is, anything can happen. As as we as we saw preseason and in North London derby, anything can happen. And one of these men, if not both of these men, could drop. Right. Jacques has already missed. A, a long spell out because of a bad tackle, not because of anything that he he did. That could happen again. And lo and behold, boom, he gets himself sent off, which actually is very likely with when you're when you're thinking about Jacker, he's suspended for two games in our most important period whilst Partey's out. So I don't understand how you can let a midfielder leave and put yourselves in this position now where we have one centre midfielder. This, this, that's just, I just can't make heads or tails of it. Yes, it doesn't make much sense. And I think I think this this kind of gives us maybe a bit of an insight, more of an insight into what Mikel is like. Because I feel like he, I think he probably thought, okay, I made you a promise. And okay, you can go. We will play. We will make it work. No, that's not how it works. We need to we need to we need to be adequately prepared, I think. And I do think he likes being adequately prepared, but I think he's the kind of character that thinks. Oh yeah, we can still get by. We can st- no, I don't think so. Um, I think I think I think in in December was it in December when he started putting pressure on the dude and doing his team on it, then he they, they will get something done. Like he was putting pressure on the dude. If you if you read between the lines, I think for me, I, I don't know what you guys think, and I think we discussed it in the group as well. For me, it's clear. I think Atata is not Edu's biggest fan. Definitely not. He's he likes putting pressure on him in the press conferences. Um, just subtle little digs, and um, he also puts pressure on the board. Um, um, I think um, he he kind of demands things from in his press conferences, so he should also get <laughs> he should also demand that you know. I mean, I don't know, this this comment is from me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Jacques got himself suspended. Says so Boyka by a twenty-two play RS six. That is funny. Right. That is funny. But yeah, it, no, yeah. I, I feel. Um... Yeah, it's 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 an interesting one because I think Leroy made an interesting point. I think you know when we we're in the group chat, it feels like Arteta's trying to manage upwards in a way, like he's trying to do his thing, but he's definitely saying like because for me, I think it was at the start of this month that press conference he had at the start of this month, he said a lot. He said we are short, we need to move. That is telling me, Edu, you need to get on your back and you need to be closing whatever. So with this Arta that's been agreed by whatever. The deal needs to. Uh, it just feels. To, it, it does feel poor to me. It does feel poor considering they've had all this time. They've known what was going to happen. We're sitting here, nineteenth of January now. Twelve days left of the transfer window, and we don't have a central midfielder because now, after this Burnley game, we don't have a game for three weeks. After that, three weeks, everyone's going to be back. So that need for that centre mid that you needed for this period is is almost going to pass. Do you know what I mean? So it's obviously they don't want to go big on a centre mid now. That they're going to wait till summer that's fine so but if you knew you wanted that loan that loan should have been ready as dan said by jan the first so that you know we were adequately prepared and adequately covered for this period um because now we're scrambling we're doing solutions of tommy Yasu or callum chambers in midfield against Liverpool. crazy it's crazy, crazy. it's absolutely crazy so um I'm tired of it, dude, man. I'm tired of it. He's, 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 he's really, really annoying me. Like I, I, I think it was said the only way he can salvage this window is if he buys Vlavic. Like generally, that's the only way he can salvage oh. this window for me. Um, and and he's, well, he's, he's, he's had he's, time. The the recent story has been he's met um with Arthur's agent. Like, and I said to you guys before the podcast, this guy is meeting people 
eating yeah, vet meat. Why are you leaving with no time paperwork? No time paperwork. Why are you meeting with nineteenth of Jan? Paperwork. Why are you meeting him on the nineteenth of Jan? Man, this guy's leaving what? with glizzies instead of paperwork, man. This guy's like, um, <laughs> this is them barbecue bastards. Oh god, yeah. Um, the, the thing is, as well, I don't really understand what what else is there. So, from just based on the reporting, right? So, obviously, we don't know how advanced it is, but I don't understand what else there is to really discuss um, with the agent, unless you're essentially telling him to go on strike or something, but. You know, I can't imagine how realistic that is to go on loan to Arsenal when there's no sort of, you know, optional obligation um, involved in that. So, you know, it just it just seems a bit strange to me. It seems it all seems very strange because this is a signing that we needed before the semi-final, um, if anything, um, as you as evidenced by the fact that we went out to Nottingham Forest in the FA Cup because we didn't have a midfielder in. You know, so um, it is. It is. It is very confusing, and I think we should just touch on that um, striker situation as well, right? Because I think we saw from multiple sources today, uh, multiple of the English journals as well. Um, so we can probably assume that this is um, legitimate. Is that there was a bid for a, to take a Bamiang on loan with option um, or obligation to buy for eight million pound or eight million euros? Sorry. Um, so that seems like. You know, that's manna from heaven almost, right? Given the situation that we're that we're in with this guy, that he's on 375, 375k per year. Um, you know, there's not really anyone in Europe that can afford to take this guy. So someone's just come and said, boom, we're trying to we're trying to buy a franchise player here and we're trying to blow the bag. So, you know, I would thinking that I was thinking that we we're gonna have to end up just giving him away for free. So I personally think that if this guy doesn't have a future at Arsenal, um, it's a no-brainer. You have to accept it, right? hundred uh, percent. Like, like you, I'd never thought in a million years we'd get any offer for Oba. I generally thought we'd have to sit out the next eighteen months because I just, or we'd have to loan him and pay part of his wages. The fact that you have someone willing to loan and do obligation at the same time. And give you eight million. Okay, you better, you, you better <laughs> no, sell man. that guy tomorrow, bro. You better give that guy away tomorrow, tomorrow. Because I'm showing you now that bid is not coming in from anybody again, bro. Nobody's coming with that, bro. For a 33 year old, my friend, accept that. Yeah, and, I, and, and and in all honesty, as well, right? Um, I know they said that they said Arsenal mulling over it and stuff like that. There's nothing to think over, boy. I gen I generally don't think you regret selling many players. Um, especially ones who are, you know, for, like I, I basically the only downside I could see is that maybe Lacazette gets injured, um, and then we have to play in Ketia. But for me, we've seen Aubameyang um, play striker for us this season, um, and you've seen an upturn in form when he's out of the team. So for me, I don't think even in that situation you even want Aubameyang coming back in. Um, but but that's just me. I just think you have to accept it. I, th- I think I think the reason they probably haven't accepted it yet is the situation of Bamiyang's and he's got this health situation. So I think, you know, I also love a bit of PR. Um, I think we're the PR club, to be honest. So um, <laughs> ain't no way I can see them accepting it unless they they feel like they are. They, it looks it looks good from the outside as well. Like they've had a conversation of Bamiyang's ready to make the move, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I don't think they're just gonna. The bid comes in and a dude's like, yo. Accept it in the next 10 minutes. You know how brand approvals work. Like someone say yes, and you're like going to the next guy and telling them do this, do this. They're just gonna they're just gonna stall on it a little bit to not make it as desperate. I think seem as desperate as well. But generally, I think Abamia's future at this club is done. I think, and I also think obviously at the dis- disciplinary stuff, and um I generally feel like Atata wants to push him out. He wants a different center forward. Um, and I think the fact that Alta has played Obama on the wing for so many, so many, so many times and, and during his tenure here shows you that he doesn't really want them as a centre forward. He doesn't. He's used them there because of maybe pressure or Lacazette just ain't been firing or, you know, but he doesn't want them there, really. So this is now his opportunity to get rid of him. I think he will. He's pretty cutthroat, right? So he's gonna I think he's gonna take that. I think the only way I can see us not doing that is if they feel like them. Lacazette is going to go in, in, in six months, five months. Um, we haven't got a striker in yet. Um, and 
we can't, we can't, and Eddie is going to leave in like five months probably as well. We can't, you know, rely on those two. Um, and we might have to just hold a Bamiyang because the objective is still top four. If Lacazette goes down, well, Eddie's going to start every game. Imagine Lacazette gets an injury that takes him out three months. Eddie's going to start every game. It's not possible. Yeah. Arsenal have to buy a replacement. Do you know, the more I'm thinking about it, yeah, they need to get Vlavic done, bro. They just need to, bro. They're by, by hook or by crook, they cannot afford to do it, bro. Ed, Eddie's already said he ain't signing a new contract, so he needs to go. So, do you know what I mean? Obviously, hold Eddie to the end of the season, whatever. You get the tribunal money for him, you know, um, whatever, whatever. But they need to get that striker. For me, there's there's no reason to say no to the other thing. Um, just now, just you're, you're never going to get that again. Um, I also feel, and, you know, if I'm to pay sort of like devil's advocate and try to be a bit more positive in the sense, you know, Kolasinac, we just terminated his contract. Um, obviously, Mary's gone on loan. Ainsley's gone on loan. Um, there's rumours that Elneny's contract might get terminated as well. So they're clearing a hell of a lot of wage space. And especially if Oba goes on top of that, they've created a lot, a lot of wage space. So um, we'll, we'll see if something happens. And uh, it, it needs to, it needs to, it needs to, because I think if the window was to shut, you'd be questioning what Eddie was spent the whole of the last month doing. It is really, really, really bad from him. So I just, yeah. And like I said, it just it is what he's doing is totally at odds with what Arteta says needs to be done. So something needs to give, and something needs to give very, very quickly. Within we need to be active within the last week of the window. I mean, sorry, I, ideally this week, but but we got two games. Quote, sorry, you must seen the quote that I'm so just said in the group. No, yeah. um, he said Arteta and incomings. Eddie and the team are working extremely hard to try and get the players that we want. We're on it, but we have no news to give you. So, well, it's not it's not looking good. But he's 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 stuck it all over Eddie again. <laughs> you see, you see, you see, stuck it, stuck it all over him. You know, because to me that says if we don't get the players, boy, that's not on me. That's on you. That's you get what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, and and I'm not going to lie, I'm with him. I'm with him. Nah, because... I, I, I support it wholeheartedly. I, I really do support it wholeheartedly because Arteta's made it be known. This isn't my issue, boy. I told you, but he's like, I told you what I wanted. You, you need to get to work, bro. You need to, you need to do the job. A juicy meme. Hands juicy. up, man. Boy, boy. That's, that's, that sounds like a you problem. You know what I mean? Because no, no, no. But I'll I'll to be fair, you. I hear it. It is a you problem. Because I'm doing my job, bro. Your job is to, you know, we you've set you uh, Eddie's probably sat down with Arteta and you know they've identified targets, right? And you, you know which ones are attainable, which ones can we try to do in chat? So you need to be on it, bro. On it. Like this is the thing. Like you know we're talking about the window opens, but we we all know conversations happen way before the window opens. Do you know what I mean? So I just. It's, it's, it's Arteta what's that that Terminator video yeah when he says I do my job you do yours you do your job that's what he's on yeah that's what he's on because I can't lie to you right? and come summer and come summer they're not around no more what? yeah they're not around no more you're not comfortable in your own ends you know like all of this yeah that's 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 what we're talking about here because at the end of the day you know that win for Spurs today is absolutely massive yeah the win for United also massive that these men they're just racking up points that's two i think last minute winners 95th and 96th minute winners for spurs in their last two games yeah this 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 is what we're going up against here and, and at the moment this season we i don't think we've picked up any points when we haven't played well you know um i think brighton the draw um and crystal palace last minute are probably the only two um draws and their draws they're not wins you know, where where we've not played well, um, at least for, for spells to pick up points, you know. So um we need we need something extra, we need some X Factor, we need something to push us over the line, um, so we can start racking up these points on, on a continuing consistent basis. Because right now, it's boy, I'm not liking how it's how it's looking for us. Do, do, I'm do, really do, not. Do you know what it feels like as well, Drew? You guys remember that January transfer window? I think it might have been like 2009 when we signed Darshavin. And that was just, you know, when you said you just need a bit of X factor, you need something to push you, you know? I just feel like, you know, we're in the top four race now. We need something to give us a push because, you know, 
I, I said, I think I tweeted before we came on the pod. I said, I feel like when we win, we have to play ultra well to win. Like, do you know what I mean? At the end of the day, teams with top attackers, they can afford to not always play well because their top attackers can have a decisive moment. Unfortunately, obviously, we're hoping Martinelli and Saka, um, you know, evolve into that. But right now, that's still not enough, you know. United have like six, seven attackers, do you know what I mean? So, and United rarely ever play well. But at the end of the day, United can can win games on the flip of a switch just because they have the quality. And at the end of the day, quality tells. Um, and, you know, Kane and Son have been stinking for most of the season. The worst thing that could happen for Arsenal now is that Kane and Son flip into form. Um, that would spell out spell a lot, a lot, Kane. a lot, a lot of trouble for us. Kane has stunk all season, but the last thing you want is signs of Harry Kane coming into form because we're in trouble if that happens. Boy, I'm looking at I'm looking at his last few games. Um, he's not he's not in bad form at all um, right now, Kane. I think since that Liverpool game, um, he's been he's been shooting. You know, um, let me just get it up now. I think. <sighs> Yeah, I don't think he's played that well, though, but he played well tonight. Yeah, I think he's got four in his last five in the league now. Okay. You, see, you see what I mean? And, and one assist, so... It's oh, just, boy. It's oh, boy. boy. <laughs> and, 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 unfor- and unfortunately, Spurs are in the exact same position as us where now they're now down to a game a week as well. So, you know, the legs are fresh. Kane isn't having to, you know, run like every, mad every single game. And you know Conte, like he, we've seen him, he's a one game a week demon. So, yeah, man, I just we need something. We need something. Hundred, hundred, hundred percent. Where for me, it needs to be, yeah, Vlahovic and uh, our tour and loan. So that's what needs to happen, man. Yeah, it's crazy. And I think just on this Vlahovic thing, let's touch on this as well, right? Because you know we've seen it today. He's been working on this since October. Yada yada yada. This that and the other. Yeah. Like out of ten, how likely do you not think this this transfer is? It's it's so annoying because you read conflicting stuff and it wow. all the time. Like one minute it's like, yeah, the agent's not picking up the phone, but you know it keeps saying Arsenal are bidding or Arsenal are coming in with big bids. You know, so they wouldn't be putting in these big bids if you know. Um, there wasn't encouragement on the player side and you know i think the latest one from arsenic yesterday was talking about um you know bid accepted but he wants to join uve or but they're saying arsenal can pay a lot more money than uve you know it's all it's all it's so muddled man it's all so so we don't have any any itks anymore you know when you used to have an itk you're like yeah you can kind of gauge what the what the what the noise is we don't but the thing is i'm not even sure like I'm not even sure, guys. Like, I'm not even sure, like guys, like Fabrizio, know what happened because they, he's no, just he's he's regurgitating the same news every day, every day. Bro, no, no, this guy, this Fabrizio guy. Oh my god! Oh my god! <laughs> oh my god! When I talk about, you know, when you talk about um people doing um the same songs all over, like all, all the time, like remixing them. This is what he's doing. Like he tweets about Arsenal like ten times a day, and he says the same shit that he said at the start of the week, at the end of the week. That like, he doesn't have an update. He just he rephrases it. So um, I mean, he, he for me, he's not really someone that really breaks stories anymore. I think he's kind of more of the guy. He he's in the known, but he like kind of confirms things more for me. Like and on on Arsenal anyway, I think he's been wrong a, a couple of times in the last twelve months. So I don't think he has much, you know, um, insight into what we do. And then we hear in like I saw like one funny thing today. Penny Richard Garlic is like <laughs> giving um, I think he's director of operations at Arsenal. He's giving like conflicted information, so he's telling Ornstein one thing. Um, on Madison, for example, telling Ornstein, yeah, we're not really in for Madison. We're prioritising Odegaard. And he's telling people like AFC Bell, yeah, yeah, we want both. We're trying to do both. So, <laughs> I mean, at the end of the day, I, I feel like we don't really have, a, have an insight in what, today, what they're doing. I think also, I think as fans, we need to try to distance ourselves from um, already reacting to some of the news stories. Um, so something like, oh, his Asian's want such such and such money Vlaovic wants 300k Vlaovic doesn't want to come to Arsenal this is all just paper talk there has been no official word from his side or his camp to have any of this type of indication so essentially you're getting tired of a guy that is just playing football for the club that he's, he's signed for like he's not even doing anything you know um so I mean we need to we need to kind of distance ourselves from that and I also think that some of the information does you 
the way transfers are, and, and don't get me wrong, Juventus and Bayern Munich do a lot of pre pre contracts. Then there can't be there can't be written, so they're usually like a verbal thing. But how can there be a penalty clause on the contract that has not been signed? If it's and a it's, verbal agreement, it, like these things, like these stories, you just reading them, thinking this is not true, man. Come on, man. Like I know you need to sell papers, man, and you are doing it well because it's circulating, but. I don't know how. Like it's just spreading like mm. wildfire, man. This uh, this saga is a mad thing. Based on Arteta's quotes that we're seeing come out tonight, you know about he said Eddie's working on it. He's putting. He said to me, the way I'm interpreting it is, Eddie, you need to get this job done, bro. You mm. need to get this done. Like he's saying, like, oh, we've got a plan to improve the squad every window. Like maybe he's trying to be a bit nice and diplomatic, but that's him saying, you know, we sit down all the time to hammer out targets. And say because Arteta doesn't strike me as the sort of person that panic buys anyway. It, based on what he did in the summer, I feel like Arteta has very, very, very specific targets that he wants. And if Edu can't carry it out, then Edu needs to go. And I also think that I think I've and I've said this in the group, and I think um, I think you two have agreed. But I think I, from what I from what I can see from the outside looking in, it seems to me that Arteta has definitely lost faith in Edu, and the working relationship has gotten worse. I think initially he sort of. I think the Pablo Mari and Cedric deals for me look like it do identify deals that I tell them said, okay, those are not priority positions. I'm let you do your thing. Then these men come in and they're shit. And we're getting rid of, we're trying to, we, um, Pablo Mari is on the way out. We're trying to get rid of Cedric. So from now on, I think Ateta is like super, super like he's on there, dude. Like he didn't, he didn't want to have any of this Emerson Royale talk. He didn't want to have any of this Neto talk. Um, so he, I think he's very, very, specific in the players that he wants and he's not going to let anything just to go and just do identifies and we're doing it he's, i don't think he wants to do that anymore he doesn't trust them like that no more so boy um maybe makes it more difficult for Edu because those cedric and Pablo Mario deals he was able to wrap up but but mm-hmm. <laughs> these other deals yeah i think i think i think that richard garlic as well he can't he can't escape from this either, yeah, because I think they brought him to do contract negotiations, this kind of thing, and 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 be involved on on that side as well. So I'm watching these guys closely, personally, because this is a massive, massive window for us. You know, there's an opportunity here. We we've spoken in previous windows about you know clearing people off the ways. Well, Urzil's gone. You know, Mustafi's gone. Socrates is gone. All these guys are gone. There's space in the squad. There's space on the wage bill. Um, You've I, you 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 told us about you know this new strategy even in Arteta's quotes uh, uh, coming out whilst we're recording you're talking about the plan that you lot have this is why we're trying to maximize the use of every single transfer window yeah so it's not even a case of oh we're going to wait till uh, summer to do this business he said we we are trying to maximize the use of every window right now it's under it's it's, it's minimized right now bro that that that. That this window is not being utilized at all well, as far as I'm concerned. We should not be in this position with our squad, you know, considering how we came into the season um, and considering where we are currently in the league and in the competitions that we're competing in. Um, our squad should not be um, in this position. And frankly, I feel like if you've spent this since October to now, and you don't know whether a player wants to come to your club or not, something is going wrong there. You get what I mean? Because as far as I'm concerned, you know, either you're going to pay the money or you're not going to pay the money, right? There's now 12 days left of January, yeah? 11, because it's basically, you know, going to be um, the 20th soon when this, this pod comes out, right? There's now 11 days left of January, yeah? You need to close this deal out or you need to get someone else. Because I don't understand how you can be talking about negotiating and something like this for months on end, and 11 days before the window closes, you don't know whether that deal is going to happen. It doesn't make sense to me. And and, and and do you know what makes this worse as well? Obviously, I get the fact this is a big deal. We're talking about big sums of money involved in this deal. But we shouldn't also act like Arsenal haven't done deals outside of the transfer window. I remember when we signed Podolsky, we announced that deal in like March. Before, like he joined in the summer, I remember when we. Do you remember when we signed Rosicky? We signed him before the World Cup happened. Do you like it? Was after just after the season had finished, 
before the transfer window opens. So you got, you can miss me with this stuff about, you know, we've got to wait for the window to open. We know that negotiations happen outside of the window all the time. It happens all the time. So, yeah, listen, maybe, like I said, maybe we're being harsh and there's stuff behind the scenes that we're not privy to. Cool. In that case, I can always retract my statement if stuff comes out and, you know, it turns out, you know, it's different. But on the surface, it just looks like we're not being proactive enough. I can't lie to you. That's what it looks like to me. So, yeah, so, so yeah, I think we'll leave it there. You know, hopefully um, we can we can turn around, get get a double win, win on uh, against Liverpool. Um, and then a win against Burnley on the weekend. Um, fingers crossed. We'll, we'll have a final to play in this this season, and and we'll we'll knock Liverpool out. But um, Dan, Sean, thanks for joining me. Peace. And everyone, thanks, thanks for tuning in um, on YouTube, Twitter. Uh, make sure if you're listening on Apple, you drop a five star review. Make sure you follow Touchy Gunas um, on Twitter, Touchline Fracas on Twitter as well um and subscribe to youtube leave a like on the video all of that good good stuff but thank you for listening um and we'll catch you next week peace Could have had that fight, but I'm in walk on sight. Man, I have to drop that mic. You're not gonna spit this time. Trying to work with a good oh, energy. Man, I'm gonna work with a bad man vibe. None of these guys can't do that. It's amazing. It's amazing. That's foul. That's offside. the response of Arsenal. Man, cross the line. Score for my team in the time I play. Where better know when man's inside. And Chelsea man, I simply lost their focus and the joy of equalising. But I was seeing right. Man, could have had that fight. Sports Social Podcast Network.